Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. We're starting this new series tonight. Um, Let me tell you why there's not a series graphic. Let me tell you why um, Brad Brad is... By the way, would you just give it up for Brad real quick? Bradley is the most amazing volunteer uh, we, we don't have any kind of a, a graphic or anything because I just decided we're going to do this series about, uh, 1 PM. Th- this is why I'm telling you, because I, I really want you tonight to, 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 to maybe with a sober heart to, to realize that I think this really is something God is speaking to us. Um, one of the things you, you can know about me is I am committed. Someone say committed. I'm committed to never show up on a Wednesday night and just preach a sermon or do a talk uh, because it sounds like a good idea. I really, like, I value what we do on Wednesday nights. And I really, if I'm going to come and I'm going to open the Bible, I want to share with you what I believe God is trying to say to us. And so up until about 1.30 p.m., I had no idea what I was going to preach on. Like, I had no clue. And what would have happened if, if I didn't know and we got to right now? I don't know. We'd probably just do lots of polls about macaroni and cheese and gifts. And I'd tell you weird stories, but I, I, I just didn't know. And every time I sat down to think about what, God, what are you saying? I just kind of got stuck. But one thing kept on coming to my mind. And I actually put the, the, the question in the notes. One thing kept coming to my mind. A couple nights ago, we were uh, finishing dinner and uh, Jenny, Pastor Jenny, my wife, she, she said, can I ask you a question? I said, absolutely. She, she said, how do you think the students in LYC are doing right now. So what, 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 what do you mean? She's like, well, like, like how, how do you think the students in LYC are doing when it comes to pursuing Jesus on their own? Like, like how, how, how do you think our youth community is doing when it comes to like having a relationship with God that is actually all their own? And I said, well, what makes you ask that? She's like, she's like I don't know. I don't want to be pessimistic. And um, I, I certainly don't know if this will happen or won't happen. We're just playing the what if game. But she said, you know, like, what if 2021 didn't get better? What if it got worse? Everyone's talking about, I can't wait till 2020 is over. But what if 2021 was even more peculiar than 2020 was. So what, like, what would happen if 2021, just something happened and got weird and um, like we had to shut down again and like we didn't have LYC like we're having right now and we weren't able to engage youth community. Like do, do you think the students in LYC, like do you think our youth community that, that they would continue pursuing Jesus and growing in him if it was really just up, up to them? And I, it, it got me thinking, and I want to start the series tonight that I'm calling No Need for, 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 for New Year. No Need for you, New, Year, New Year. That's a hashtag. I don't know where I saw it, uh, but I saw it somewhere. And I thought, that's brilliant because everybody's waiting for New Year for things to change. Yeah, maybe that's not you, but I know a lot of people, they're like, oh man, I can't wait till, till the New Year because come the New Year, I'm going to have six-pack abs. Thank you, Jesus. But, but what if we actually could get to the New Year and we had no need for New Year? Like we had no need for a fresh start. We had no need for this new opportunity because we made some decisions before New Year to say, God, I really want to lean into and I really want to see you do something in my life right now so that I don't have need for this big New Year resolution that I'm going to grow close to God and I'm going to, 
No, God, I, I don't want to have a need for New Year. I, I want to realize that you're present and you're available right now. So with that in mind, that I want to read this scripture. I want to read this scripture. Uh, these, these two questions have been in my mind. How, how well are we doing seeking God and growing in, in relationship with Jesus all on our own? If 2021 happened to get worse, um, would we be prepared to thrive or would we barely survive? It's the two questions I put in your notes. And I uh, got to church today. Jenny said, hey, what are you going to preach tonight? I'm like, I'm not sure. Actually, Bradley emailed me. He said, hey, Pastor Brandon, it's like 1.30 p.m. Do you have your notes? And I said, nope, but I'll get them to you when I have them. And, and I sat down and I opened my Bible and I just thought, wait a minute. I... There's this scripture, and I went to it, and right away I felt like, okay, this is what God's saying. Proverbs chapter 6, I want to read this passage of scripture, and then I'm going to kind of explain to you why I think God is highlighting that to us tonight. But it says this, Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 11, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I just felt like that kind of said it in, a, in an easy-to-understand way. But this is what the author of Proverbs says. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. You lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Verse seven, though they have no prince or governor, no ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Verse nine says, but you lazy bones. That's kind of an offensive term. Like if someone called me lazy bones, I'd be like, that's an interesting vocabulary you have. And I'm offended. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? Verse 10, a little extra sleep. Anybody, are you a snoozer? Like when your alarm clock goes off, do you snooze? Now, do you set your alarm clock knowing you're going to snooze? You do. So you, like you, you know I'm snoozing at least 15 minutes, not Garrett Jones. He is up when the rooster crows and he is in the field doing work. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber. You wouldn't understand, Garrett. You wouldn't understand. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Verse 11, verse 11, then poverty, poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and scarcely will attack you like an armed robber. I want to title this sermon, Ready for Tomorrow. I want to be ready for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow brings. And Proverbs chapter six, uh, the, the author of it helps us to learn some lessons from some ants that we can actually apply to our life and relationship with God. Hey, one more time, can we pray? Can we ask God that he would like open our eyes right now, help us to engage our heart and to hear from him. And then we'll jump into this. God, thank you tonight for the Bible. Thank you that you always speak to us. Ah, we may not always hear you, but you always speak to us. And so God, give us ears to hear tonight. So, so often we don't hear just because we're distracted, because we don't have ears to hear and receive. But we're asking you tonight in the name of Jesus that you would open every ear, every eye, every heart to receive from you. And we leave here tonight challenged, encouraged, and ready for what tomorrow may bring in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen, amen. All right, honest question, and I know this is not everybody. I, I can at times like self-impose upon you, but anybody like me, are you a procrastinator? You procrastinate, okay. Anybody, does procrastination stress you out? Like, like, like nobody. So we're all procrastinators. Um, I love coffee. 
I love coffee. Any coffee lovers, like you're, like you're into coffee, you are too young to love coffee. Can I just say that? I, um, I, I bring up coffee because I used to hate coffee. I thought coffee was really gross. thought it was disgusting. Uh, I got married and my wife drank coffee a lot. And I'm like, you are so gross. And it's going to stain your teeth. Like, ah, oh, this is a bad habit. I hated coffee. But, but one night I had to take a friend to the airport. Um, I don't remember where he was going, but he needed a ride to the airport. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take you for a ride and, um, or take you to the airport, not just for a ride. You want to go ride around town? No, we're going to the airport. And, and so we're on the way to the airport and uh, he knew I was in school. I was in Bible college at the time. And, and he goes, hey, so how, how's that paper going? Uh, and it dawned on me, tomorrow morning, I have a paper due. And not only do I have a paper due tomorrow morning, but it is a 30 page pass or fail paper. I took this college in, in uh, class in Bible college and uh, this teacher, his name was Dr. Voris, I believe, something like that. All I remember, no joke. Like I, I didn't want to offend the man, so I didn't, but all I remember, no joke, is Dr. Voris, he wore the same dress shoes every day. And I, I am not lying to you. There was a giant hole in the big toe. Like you could see the color of this man's socks every day. And I, I just look at him like, should I buy him a pair of shoes? Would that, like, w- would it be a f- offensive if I brought him a pair of shoes or would that be, a, so I never did it. But, but all I remember is this class, first day he said, hey, here's the deal. Here's how I do my class. Um, there's no homework. I'm like, this is, this is, this is good news. No homework. Uh, there's no tests. I'm like, no tests. Like this is, thank you, Jesus. You must be a man of God. No, no homework, no test. Uh, but the very last day of class, we, uh, there's a 30 page paper due on a, a subject that we discussed in class. Um, I only give one of two grades, A's or F's. It's pass or fail, 30 page paper, end of class. And um, that's all you got to do. I, I, I don't even care if you show up but your paper needs to be conclusive that you understand the material from this class. I think it was an Old Testament survey class. And um, I procrastinated. I just kept on procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating. And all of a sudden it dawned on me driving to the airport. My friend's like, hey, how's your paper? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but I'll tell you in the morning when it's done. And so I went home. The only thing I knew to do, like I, I was very dramatic. Oh, the only thing I knew to do was to make an entire pot of coffee. And I made an entire pot of coffee. I'm like, I don't care if I don't like it. I don't care if it's gross. I'm drinking this coffee. I'm staying up all night. And I stayed up all night long. I wrote the 30 page paper and I passed the class. Thank you, Jesus. Procrastination. The, the, the writer here in, in Proverbs he speaks to the procrastinator, the lazy person in every single one of us. Now, really quick, in case you weren't here for, I think we did a sermon on this a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago, but in case you weren't here for that, let me just define laziness for you real quick. Laziness is not the absence of activity. Like you and I, we are, we're offended when someone calls us lazy. Are we not? Like you, you might be like, oh, I don't know. No, no. If someone said you were lazy, you would be offended. Like that's an offensive thing to say. You're a lazy person. But laziness is not the absence of activity. You can be incredibly busy. You can work so flipping hard and yet be lazy because the proper definition of laziness is simply not doing what you should be doing when you should be doing it. Laziness is not the absence of activity. Laziness is is not just sitting on the couch eating Doritos and watching Netflix all day. Laziness is not doing what I should be doing when I should be doing. And this proverb speaks to the lazy part of every single one of us. And this is what it says. It says, you can take a lesson from the ants. I hate ants. Anybody else? 
I, I despise ants in my house, in my yard. I want to kill them all. I, I see an ant pile. Like if, if I'm playing golf and I see an ant hill, something in me just wants to take my golf club and just like demolish it. Be like, take that. I know you'll rebuild it, but that's what I'm talking about. I, just, I hate ants. But the Bible goes you can actually learn from ants. And here, here's the lesson. Because ants, having no ruler, no prince, no governor, no leader, no pastor, no parent, no mentor, no deadline. Ants, they all by themselves, they work hard all summer long. And they work hard all summer long, gathering food, gathering supplies, gathering what they need so that in the winter, they are fully prepared and have everything that they need. The the author says you can actually learn a lot from this scenario, these ants who have no leader on their own work hard, gather what they need so they are prepared for tomorrow. And, and then, then the author kind of flips and the author goes, okay, so here's, here's, here's the thing. Um, how long are you going to keep sleeping? How long are you going to keep on procrastinating your 30-page paper? How, how long? And I, I, lo- I love the, the imagery it gives because the image of us snoozing our alarm clock. How, how long will you say just a little bit of sleep? Just, just, just a little bit of slumber. Ah, just, just a little bit of rest. I used to have a friend and um, he, I, I, I don't speak Spanish. Anybody, do you speak Spanish? Like nobody. Cool. So I'm safe pretending like I do. Um, every time I'm like, bro, how you doing? Ah, muy cansado. I think that means very tired. I think that's what he said it means. But he'd be like, ah, what's up, bro? Ah, just moiking. And like, that's all he said. And, and I think about him when I read this proverb because he, he was always like, I just, I just need a little rest. So a little rest, a little folding of the hands, just, just, just a little bit. And, and, and the very end of it says, so shall your poverty come upon you like a thief in the night. I think we've talked about this before, but um, nobody knocks on the door before they rob your house. Like nobody sends you a text message. Hey, just want to let you know, I'm going to break into your car today. Can you make sure you leave your AirPods and your purse in the front seat? Because I'm like, I don't want to break in for no reason. No, it, like, like, like a thief in the night, the Bible says, so your scarcity, your lack, you're not having what you need will come upon you that quickly. Now, now this can be applied to our spiritual life because at the end of the day, you can agree, you can disagree, but it's just the truth. So take it up with God. At the end of the day, what we really need more than anything is a firm foundation in the things of God. Has anybody else recognized that it doesn't matter how well prepared you are It doesn't matter if you only eat organic produce and you wear your seatbelt all the time and you never speed and you always do. Anybody else besides me notice that you can do everything you possibly can to make sure you are safe and secure and still life happens to us all. Now, what we really need more than anything, what we really need for, for tomorrow for our future, it's a firm foundation in the only one who's the real protector, the only one who's the real healer, the only one who has the real ability to give peace and wisdom and, 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 and comfort. and direct. It's God who we need more than anything. 
And so I want to I pose three questions in the notes, but I just want to give you three questions tonight. These really are questions for you to ponder and consider as, as we're thinking about being, being ready for tomorrow. Number one, if you're taking notes or if you have your notes, this first question is this, do you have to be told to pursue God? That's just the first question I want to ask you tonight. The first lesson that we learn in this proverb, the, the Bible says, hey, hey, go, go, go to the ant real quick. Like if, if you're trying to get skills for life, just go to the ant real quick. And I want you to notice how no one, no one's texting that ant. No, no one's calling those ants. Nobody is encouraging them, motivating them. They, they just, there's something in them that they recognize, hey, we, we, we got something to do. Can I just ask you tonight, do you have to be told to pursue God? Like, I, I think Pastor Jenny's question is a, a very re- relevant, very real question. What would happen? And, and this isn't going to happen. I'm not like trying to be like, you know, doomsday pessimistic, but what were to happen if for some reason, like all communication and all connection with, with your church world and family and the people that are around you that, that, that keeping, what were to happen if that were disconnected? Would, would you still be passionately pursuing Jesus? Maybe tonight you're not even passionately pursuing Jesus. Can I, can I ask you, would, would, would you even be close to thinking about or recognizing or, or leaning in at all to the things of God? Do you need to be told to pursue Jesus? Or is there something in you that recognizes, I need God. I'm desperate for God. What what, what does it mean to pursue God? Um, I I gave you kind of a short little list and this is not exhaustive and it's certainly not meant to be legalistic. It's just some thoughts. Um, Pray, worship, be quiet before him. Um, Are you like me that you don't like silence? I recognize this about myself the other day. I was driving in the car and it was quiet and I didn't, I didn't say it out loud, but something in me was like, it's too quiet in here. And I grabbed my phone and I'm like, what? Like, I, need, I need to, and it just dawned on me. What, what's my aversion to, to quiet? What, what's my aversion to creating just time and space to say, God, like I want to pray, I want to worship, but I also just want to be quiet and ask you that you would, You'd speak to me and you talk to me. Uh, pr- pursuing God's things like reading and studying and memorizing and getting God's word in your heart. Uh, living in obedience, just saying, you know what? I don't care what everybody else is doing. I want to follow the ways and the will of my God. Engaging in, in church, cult, in church uh, community and evangelism. Like th- these are just examples, but, but do you need to be told what would happen if all of a sudden there was this disconnect and you were on an island, Tom, I almost said Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, castaway style, and it was just you and Bob. Bob's little volleyball. Wilson, don't just don't interrupt the sermon, bro. Come on. Was that was that you, Garrett? I was on a roll, man. Jeez, oh, I'm just kidding. Um, you, you and Wilson, Bob, my volleyball would be Bob. Um, do, 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 do you need to be told? Here's my second question on a post tonight. Are you more focused on, on now or what's ahead? Do, do you have to be told to pursue God? And are you more focused on right now or, or, or what's ahead? The second le- lesson that we learn from the ants is that we have to prepare for what's ahead. 
I want to read you the scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Um, I couldn't choose the translation that, that I liked the best, so I went with NLT for consistency. But this is Solomon. Um, if you don't know anything about Solomon, let me just give you a quick heads up on who Solomon was and what Solomon uh, brings to the table. The Bible tells that Solomon was the wisest man to walk the face of this planet besides from Jesus. That, that kings and nobles and wise men, the who's who of the day from all over the globe would come to Solomon just to hear him talk. Solomon, Solomon had more wisdom. And not only that, but the Bible says Solomon had more money. Anybody like me, you'd like some more money. Like it's just like, it's, it's cash is like, it, is money on your Christmas list, by the way? It's like, hey, what do you want? Uh, grandma, cash would be best. Um, it's like, please, no, 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 no. Jenny's grandma, like every year, it, it's a guessing game. I don't know if you, you have a grandma like this. One year, we got hand towels for the bathroom. Okay. The next year, we got like $300. We're like, there is, there's some inconsistency here. That's not the point though. Solomon had a lot of money. But, but the reason I tell you that is because the, the book of Ecclesiastes, fascinating book, Solomon's heart departed from God later in life. And Solomon went on this quest for the meaning of life. You, you can read Ecclesiastes. Solomon was the, um, I, I don't want to say the party animal, uh, but Solomon, he tried everything. Like literally drugs of the day, alcohol, sex, anything you can think of, like j just going after more knowledge, more wisdom, achievement. He, he tried everything there was. And, and the entire book of Ecclesiastes is kind of interesting because he lists all these things that he tried trying to find joy and fulfillment and happiness. At the end of every single one, he goes, but it was grasping for wind. It left me empty and depleted and without hope. And almost at the very end of the book, this is what he writes. He says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator, but honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Well, I wanna read this to you out of the New King James Version real quick. Ecclesiastes 12, one Solomon says, remember. Someone say, remember. He says, remember. Remember now, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Listen, before difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Has anybody ever said something to you before that was really discouraging? Like, have you ever gone to someone for advice and they told you the most discouraging thing ever? You may have heard me tell a story before. I remember I was in college, and, and I went to a mentor at the time and I'm like, man, I just, I need some advice because I'm so stressed out. School is crazy and homework and tests and work. And, and, and he laughed at me and I'm like, bro, that's offensive. That's worse than calling me lazy bones. And he said, man, he, he said, I, I just want to encourage you. You got to keep growing your capacity because life will never get less busy or less complicated than it is right now. The older you get, the more that's on your plate, the more responsibility you have, life will only get busier, more complicated, and more difficult. But that is not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that once I graduated, everything would be better. And he's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's the truth. And I can just tell you, I'm, I don't know, like 
10, 12 years into this thing, maybe 10 years after college. And um, it's, it's the truth. Life only gets more busy and more complicated and, and, and comes with, 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 with more, more, de- more decisions and, and, and more difficulty. And Solomon goes, hey, can, can, I just, can, can I just encourage you, like all the wisdom and the experience, can I just encourage you? Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near, when you say, ah, that's, this, this is too hard. I love the way the New Living Translation puts it because he goes, hey, don't let the, the excitement, don't let the excitement of youth, don't let the excitement of being young and just wanting to just do your own thing in this very moment cause your mind to forget who your real need is, and that is God. So I'll pose the question again, are you more focused on right now or what's ahead? Here's, here's my, my third question, and we'll end with this. Uh, Kimberly, you can come and help, help me close, but it's, it's simply this. What is your current excuse? What is your current excuse? Um, I, I, I really wanted to land on that word excuse. Is anybody besides me, you're good at excuses? Like, you're, like I'm, I'm very good at excuses. Uh, I, I should have like a degree in it. Um, but, but I wanted to, to, to go with excuse because um, really there's no reason. See, there's a difference in a reason and an excuse. A reason could be legitimate. Like Isaiah, why are you wearing shorts? When it's 34 degrees outside. Like, bro, because, because look at my legs. That's a good reason right there. That's truth. Thank you. It's like, Garrett, why are you wearing a cowboy hat? It's like, it's because I'm, I'm Garrett Jones. It's a good reason. But, but an excuse, an excuse is something that, nah, no, nah, that, that, that's not, like, that, that's not good. Nah, that, that's not, that's not legit. You, you're using that and, and, as, and putting that as a deflection so you don't have to fill in the blank. And, and, and I want to ask the question tonight, what is the excuse you're giving yourself like, I, I, I've been doing, doing youth, youth stuff and just church stuff long enough that I hope this doesn't offend you, but I don't care as much as you maybe think I care when, when it comes to, like, the reasons and the, and the rationalizations. And I, like, don't, don't worry about what, like, what you're going to tell you. I, I want to know what's the excuse you're giving yourself. You, you can tell me a million different excuses, reasons. You could tell your small group leader, your mom, your dad, your, your mentor, your leader. But I want to know what's the excuse that, that you're giving your own heart. That, that you're, what's the lie you're believing and buying into as to right now why you're not pursuing God with all of your heart? That's not to imply you're not pursuing God, but that's to imply this, that every single one of us, including myself, there's, there's more of my heart I've yet, I've yet to give God. And oh, don't, don't you, you, you get it twisted because I'm the pastor. I have excuses. I, I have excuses and lies and reasons and rationalizations in my own heart to why God isn't getting everything he, he so what, what's your excuse? Because here's the reality. Life, someone say life. Life will affect us all. Life will affect us all. And the, the question is not, will life affect me? 
will difficult times come? W will there be heartache? Will there be tragedy? The, the question's not, not that because that, that, that's the inevitable. Life will affect, here's the question. When life hits you the hardest, will you be prepared? When life hits you the hardest, will your feet be fixed to the sure foundation that is Jesus? Or, or will you be another person that verbally, oh yeah, I totally believe in God. Oh, I totally, yeah, like J Jesus totally. But the moment life comes, I don't know. Is God even real? Is that, I mean, is this, is this whole thing even legitimate? Maybe you never question your faith or question God, but all of a sudden it's like, man, what, like what happened to so-and-so? Like, wh wh where did they go? Weren't they like all, all in? Weren't they like pursuing God with everything they have? And now they're a million miles away. Why? Because life will affect us all. But here's what we often do. Because we're like, ah, like right now, like, no, life's good. I'm 16, I'm 17, I'm like, I, life is good. Yeah, COVID was kind of crazy. And like my mom is kind of getting out of control with like the rules. And like, I think I'm grounded right now. I don't really know for sure, but, I, I, but, but life is good though. Life is good. And, and because life overarchingly is okay, we, we, don't think about, we don't think about the days to come. And we don't say, God, I, I want to take a lesson from the smallest, most annoying little bug, the ant. I don't wanna to have to be told. Like, thank God for leaders. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for small group leaders and mentors. But God, I don't, I, I don't wanna to have to be, I want my heart to have such an understanding that I need you. That like the ant, without having to be told, I'm pursuing you. I'm seeking after you. I'm, I'm with all my heart saying, God, I want to know you more. I wanna be closer to you. I wanna live in your ways. There's a hope that is real in Jesus. I don't wanna focus on just right now. I wanna I want be prepared for tomorrow. So here, here's my last question. We're gonna end, we're, we're, we're done. I wanna go back to the very top. How well are you doing seeking God and growing in Jesus on, on your own? That it's like, you don't have to, but I, I would just be curious if, if I were you, if I was giving myself a grade, if, if I was gonna give myself a grade, A, B, C, or D, if I was gonna give myself a rating, how well am I doing right now? Pursuing and seeking God because I want to, not because, not because I'm in a small, because I want more of him. If, if 2021 were to get worse rather than getting better, we're praying it does not. But if it did, would I be prepared to thrive? Did, did, you, did you know, and I, I, I swear that I'm done. Did, do you know that in the Bible, shut it. Did, did you know that in the Bible, some of the most encouraging, enlightening passages that we read, Paul wrote while he was sitting in prison. Paul wrote while he was up to his waist in human feces in a dungeon somewhere. Paul wrote 
stupid scriptures like rejoice always and give thanks to God. It's like, that's, this is a very inopportune time, Paul, to be writing this. You should be writing more like question everything. Is this even real? What is going on? 20, but, but Paul in, in some of the darkest times of his life, he thrived the, the most. Paul actually writes this. He says, you know, even though stuff just keeps on getting worse, internally, I just keep on getting better. My inside is growing brighter and stronger. And if 2021 were to get worse rather than getting better, would you thrive or would you limp into another year barely surviving on the inside? I care about, God cares about your inside not just the outside. I'm praying that, that as God begins to speak and deal with your heart and with your life, that something in you would say, I kind of want to be like the ant. I want to, because my heart craves and recognizes my need. I want to on my own pursue him and seek after him and be prepared for anything that life throws at me. So my feet would be fixed, solid, found, just founded in him. And, and I know I, I'm, I'm prepared for whatever comes. Would you pray with me tonight? God, tonight, um, I, I really did do the best I could tonight to share what I believe that, that you put in my heart. But I know like I do every single time I grab a microphone um, that in some ways I have and, and will always fall short because I'm, I'm not perfect. But I say that in recognition that Holy Spirit, you are. Holy Spirit, you have the ability to take my ordinary, not very eloquent words at times and, and use them to speak directly to people's hearts. And so I do pray, starting with myself, but for every single person that's here tonight, God, I pray that, that there would just be this internal check that would say, huh, how, how am I doing? Pursuing and seeking Jesus, not because of anyone or anything else, except for my heart's desire for more of him. God, I pray that as silly as it is, that we would take a lesson from the ants and that without having to be told, our hearts would begin to long for and pursue more of you, more of the things of God, more of your presence, more of your power. Lord, I pray that as we seek after you, that you would equip us, you would prepare us, you would build us and strengthen us so that we are prepared for no matter what comes our way. Lord, if there's anyone in here tonight that they have made some really big mistakes and they feel like it's too late. They are underqualified. It's they, they can't even pursue you because of what they have or haven't done. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd remind them that you love them, that you have freely and fully forgiven them of all of their sin, that they're righteous, that they're, they're, they're made holy and clean in you and that you desire more than they even know to be close and to be connected with them. We thank you for it tonight. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. 
Thank you so much for listening. 